0: Thank you for listening to the Ablaze Church Sermon Podcast. Our purpose at Ablaze is to love God, love others, follow Jesus, and tell others. If you are looking for a church home in the Tulsa area, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Saturdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at ablazechurch.org. If I say to all of you, Happy Easter, most likely you know what that means. Now, for those of you who know what Holy Week means, Holy Week is where we celebrate Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter. Three celebrations in one. But you know, if Jesus was alive today, or if we were alive during the time of Jesus, we wouldn't be celebrating those three. Those are Christian celebrations as the fulfillment of three Old Testament feasts that God commanded his people to celebrate. The first is the Lord's Passover. We celebrate it as Monday, Thursday, Jesus being the fulfillment of the Passover. He frees us from our sin like God freed the children of Israel from Egypt. The second celebration, we call it Good Friday, but Jesus celebrated on Friday this feast, the feast of unleavened bread, the Lord's feast of unleavened bread. They had to remove all the yeast in the house. It's like removing dust. You can't do it. Only God can remove yeast, and only God can remove our sin. Jesus did that on the cross. And then During the time of Jesus, that first resurrection, it was God's people, those who followed the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who were celebrating on Sunday morning, Easter morning, this festival. The Lord's festival, okay, of first fruits. Now, I hope you're thinking, well, what does that mean? It was a festival within a festival, and it celebrated what God was doing in the land, rebirth, plants coming back to life, seeds sprouting through the ground like a resurrection. And as Jesus was rising from the tomb, the chief priest was in the temple taking a green plant and waving it before the people, saying, today we celebrate. The Lord's Festival of First Fruits. Look around what God is doing. Look at the flowers. Spring is in the air. There is new life. Dead seeds are coming to life. And here is the proof. Let us never forget what God does. He brings resurrection to our world. That was the celebration. And it was... The angels who at that point announced, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is risen. Yeah. Well, the feast, the Lord's feast of, of uh, uh, first fruits is a garden tomb or a farming terminology. Did you hear the funny one about the guy who wanted to start chicken farming? Okay, and he went to the place where you buy little chicks that come out of the egg, and he went home and bought 100 of them. A week later, went back to the guy and said, I need 50 more. And the guy says, okay, sold him 50 more. Goes home, comes back a week later and says, I need 25. The guy goes, boy, your chicken farm must just be growing. I mean, incredible. You're buying more and more chicks. He goes, no, just the opposite. He goes, what do you mean? He says, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Maybe I'm planting them too deep. Okay. Maybe I'm watering them too much. Oh, yeah, that's a groan. We would say, gosh, that's incredible. Who could be so foolish? Who could be so ignorant? Okay. Who could be so clueless? You don't plant a living thing. What do we plant? Dead seeds and dead people. It is Paul in 1 Corinthians 17 who relates the resurrection to planting seeds. He says, you know, somebody might ask in 1 Corinthians 17, uh, how are the dead raised and what kind of body? And he says, that's so foolish. Do you not know what you sow must die? And what we sow is a kernel. He's referring to the body as a seed. Hmm. You know, we could say, boy, that chicken farmer, he he was clueless. There are people today, when it comes to Easter and the first fruits celebration, they're clueless. Maybe you this morning, or maybe you're listening to me and you're going, yeah, I really don't know what Easter is all about. Easter is a Christian term. You will not find a root in the Hebrew language or in the Greek language. It is something the Christian church came up to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The root is east. When you face east, you're facing Jerusalem. In the Old Testament, when they prayed, they'd face Jerusalem. Churches are built facing Jerusalem people, Christians are buried facing Jerusalem, facing the East. Why? Because that's where Jesus died and rose from the dead. As Christians, we are Eastern looking people and the celebration of Jesus Christ, we call it Easter. It fulfills an Old Testament command by God to celebrate the Lord's festival of first fruits, which is a garden term. Kind of got a trivial question for you. Some of you probably know the Bible better than others. Does anybody think they know who was the first gardener in the Bible? Hmm? Huh? What? Adam. Adam. All right. No, it wasn't Adam. It was God. It was God who planted a garden in Eden in the east. Notice that, of Eden. Yeah. Now, the second gardener was Adam. God placed Adam and Eve in the garden to till it and to keep it. Yeah, but in that peaceful garden where there was uh, no thorns, no thistles, Satan came and he tempted Adam and Eve. He came to destroy the garden of Eden through temptation, and Adam and Eve fell for it, okay? And we call the fall or the sin lost, paradise lost. Hmm. But in that garden, okay, good news was proclaimed. It was God who said to Eve, now listen, Adam and Eve, down the road, In the future, what we celebrate this week, he was looking at some 4,000 years later, he said, Eve, one of your seed. Notice the garden language. One of your seed, referring to Jesus, born of woman, will take care of sin, death, and the power of the devil. Now that's the first garden mentioned in the Bible and the good news came from it. There's actually four mentioned in the Bible. The second is the garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane, notice the garden language, olive press. There Jesus went with his disciples. There we see his humanity speaking to the Father. If you can remove this cup, we see his divinity restrained because he could have snapped his fingers and things could have changed. But you know who came into that garden? Satan in the form of Judas, because we're told earlier, Satan entered Judas, and he came into that garden to wreak havoc. He threw everything at Jesus, from the disciples to the Pharisees, to Pilate, to Herod, to Judas, to Peter. And he was arrested, and he was nailed to a cross, and there he died. It was our sins that, were, that was nailed to that cross so that we could be looked at by our father as sinless. But good news came from that garden too. This was the good news. Jesus said, who are you looking for? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am he. He said that for you and for me. He took our punishment. I am the one. Leave them alone. Which brings us to the third garden, Easter morning, the garden tomb. Yeah, it was a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus in this garden. The devil, Satan, could not enter it because he was defeated. The greatest news ever proclaimed in a garden was in the garden tomb when the angels said to everybody who came to them, Why do you look for the living? Among the dead, he is risen. He is risen indeed. indeed. Hallelujah. Okay, question. Trivia. Who was the first people to experience the miracle of Easter in the garden? Mm, Mary and Martha. No. Soldiers. Unbelieving pagan Soldiers. Because the angels came down, a big earthquake rolled away that three ton rock, okay, and they fell over dead almost, but they were alive. And when they woke up, who were the first people to hear of the miracle that happened in the Garden Tomb? Pharisees, unbel- pagans, and the unbelieving Pharisees were the first to experience, because you know what those soldiers did? They were running. To the Pharisees. You won't believe what happened. They thought about it and said, okay, tell you what, you tell people who ask, you fell asleep. Wait a minute, wait a minute. There was this earthquake, that three-ton rock was rolled away, angels came, and we're supposed to tell people we fell asleep, all 12 of us? Yeah. They gave them money, and they said, okay, hmm. money bought that one, okay. Then came the women, okay, who heard from the angels, And the angel said, go tell the brothers, go tell the disciples. They went off, okay, and told the disciples. Two disciples ran and saw the same thing. Jesus showed himself to the women. The disciples left. The women left except one woman, Mary Magdalene. She stood there, also went in, heard the angels. You heard the gospel. And there she was crying. And Jesus came up behind her. And Jesus said, why are you weeping? Oh, they've taken the body. And she supposed he was the gardener. Folks, he was the gardener. He's the one who planted the garden of Eden. Okay. He was the gardener, but he was also the Messiah. He was also our teacher about life and the afterlife. And when she recognized him, she just clung to him. Wow. You know, there was a Sunday school teacher, a woman who had all these six-year-olds and she wanted to make sure those children understood Easter. She said, hey, can you tell me what Easter is all about? And one little boy raised his hand and said, yes, can you eggs? <laughs> yes, we use eggs at Easter because an egg is a universal symbol of new life. When that chick comes through out of the egg, that's yes, new life. Wow. And so we use that in our Easter celebration. Another little boy raised his hand said, okay, what's Easter all about? Bunnies. (laughs) Yeah, we can see how kids could be clueless, but let me tell you how that happens. Christians for 2,000 years have given up something during the Lenten season, and what universally Christians gave up was eggs. Okay, that's what Fat Tuesday is all about. Eat all the eggs you can. And so they stored the eggs They pickled the eggs, and after 40 days, kids want eggs. It's like candy to them. And so Easter was a big celebration. They'd get out all the eggs, color them, hide them all over the place in the yard. In a spring morning, during Easter time, guess what's running around all over in yards and in fields and in gardens? Bunnies. So little kids would go, hey, Mom and Dad, did that bunny bring all the Easter eggs? Is that the Easter bunny? Now you know how that was developed and why we have that. Another little girl, okay, what is it? Surprise. And the teacher thought about what can I do with surprise? I said, Easter? Surprise? I said, well, what do you mean? And the little girl says, What, what do you mean what I mean? Surprise, devil! <laughs> surprise, death, surprise, world. He is risen. He is is risen risen indeed. indeed. Hallelujah. Surprising love in a garden. God is love. And because of what happened in that third garden, the garden tomb, there is a fourth garden for each and every one of us here today. It is a garden that Jesus spoke about. It is a garden referred to in the last book of the Bible. And in this garden, there are beautiful trees planted, and one of them is the tree of life. What garden am I talking about? It's the garden Jesus spoke about on the cross. You see, on that cross, it was our sin that was represented. On the cross, or on the three crosses, the whole world is represented. Two thieves who deserve to die. One man who's sinless. He took our sin upon himself. And you know what he gives in return? Faith. There was one thief on that cross that represent Christians today. God took his sin, Jesus took his sin, and he received faith. What does faith do in our heart? Faith shows us our own sin that we deserve to die for it. It is faith that shows us our Savior. Remember the thief on the cross? Do you not fear God, he said to the other thief? We are guilty, he's innocent. It is faith that reaches out and says, there is a God, and that God died for me. It is faith that says, remember me. Jesus, when you come into your kingdom. remember what Jesus said to that thief? He uses a garden term. You ready? He says, today you will be with me in paradise. That means garden, a garden wall, a special garden prepared. Think about this. It took... Jesus' six days to prepare the Garden of Eden for Adam and Eve. Hmm. He's had 2,000 years to prepare a garden for you and for me. (laughs) Imagine what that's going to be. I think when we walk into the uh, the paradise restored, okay, we're going to go, wow, what a surprise. More than we could ever imagine. (laughs) Hey, would you not agree with me that Coming to church is different than coming to the Lord. Would you not agree with me? Walking in a garden is different than walking in a garden with the Lord. And I want you just to think about, are you walking with the Lord? Have you come to the Lord? If you have, praise God. If you haven't, I want you to know That he wants to come into your heart, dig it up, till it up, fertilize it, and plant a seed. And you know what that seed is? The seed of the Holy Spirit. And it is the Holy Spirit that will show you your Savior and your need for a Savior. It will be the Holy Spirit who will give you the hope to say more than he has risen. He has risen indeed. I want to teach you a tradition, uh, add to our tradition. Dr. Spomer announced it. We've said it a couple times. I say he is risen. You say he is risen indeed. I want you all to add to that. You ready? It goes like this. He is risen. He is risen indeed, and I will too. And we all say amen. You think we can do that? Yeah. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And I will too. Hallelujah. I think you got it. Amen.